0: Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Once Upon a Fan podcast. I am your host, Zach Van Norman, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Amy Hood and Ashley Benson. Amy, darling, how are you?
2: I am fabulous, darling. We're finally starting to get a little bit of cooler weather here in Florida, so probably feeling more like Christmas than not the middle of summer, so how are you guys?
1: I'm doing pretty much the same. We are uh, experiencing a lot of rain out here in California, which we desperately de- de- desperately need. So that's always nice to get. Ashley, how are you in Chicago?
3: Oh, I'm fine in Chicago. I'm a little tired. This gloomy weather isn't really, you know, treating me well. Um, I'm fingers crossed for a white Christmas, but right now it's just rain and doom and gloom, and that does not please me.
1: Aww. No not please me either. <laughs> All right, so I'm uh, just going to cut to the quick here because as uh, we have announced, we have a very special podcast happening today because we are going to be joined uh, shortly by uh, Lee Ehrenberg, who of course plays uh, Grumpy on Once Upon a Time. He is also known for playing Pintel the Pirate on Pirates of the Caribbean. And for anybody who is uninitiated to that world, he is the pirate who says, hello, Poppet," So we're very excited to have Lee joining us here shortly. So What we're going to do is go ahead and get into our news roundup before we're joined by him. However, just want to make our usual disclaimer that if you are in the chat room and you're trying to load it, sometimes it does take an extra refresh or two, sometimes three, before it will actually load for you so you can see it. But just keep trying because it does show up for you eventually, I promise. And I see some of our regulars are in there like Sarah Benedict, Sarah Egan, Peter Pizza, Uh, Erin, Christine, nice to see you in there, too. I don't know that I've ever seen you in here with us before. So if you're new, welcome. And if you're not, my apologies for missing you in the past. So, yeah, (laughs) Uh, let's go ahead and discuss this. So we had the season 4A finale this Sunday, and it was uh, jaw-dropping, to say the least. Uh, We'll get into the the reasons why in just a minute. Just want to remind everybody that season four B will return on March first, which at my count is at seventy four, seventy three days from today. So it's not; it does seem like it's really far off, but it's not going to be as long as everybody thinks. I don't think. Uh, when you say you know March, it sounds like forever, but seventy three days actually isn't really that long of a time. So, you know, we'll we'll be good during the hi- the hiatus because we'll be watching Galavant and podcasting about that every two weeks starting on January 6th, so be sure that you join us for that. It looks like it's going to be a great show. Just want to remind everybody of what our episode titles are that they have released thus far. Um, so the premiere is called Darkness on the Edge of Town. Then uh, episode 13 is called Unforgiven. And episode 14 is called Enter the Dragon. And according to Lana Perea's recent interview, Enter the Dragon is the episode where we will see At long last, the backstory between Regina and Maleficent and how they met and became friends, which excites no other. Yeah, Amy, I know you're excited, too.
2: Yes. (laughs) I am, like, dork level 100 excited.
1: Stoked. Totally stoked about that. Cannot wait. So, yeah. Yeah. Let me see here. Uh, Also, I just want to announce, too, that during the hiatus, Once Upon a Fan will be doing a viewer poll. Viewing has already started. It started this Monday, um, December 15th. And the countdown for everybody's favorite episodes will be January 3rd. Now, in the past, Once Upon a Fan has done, um, you know, viewer polls where we ask people what you think about the season in general. But this is actually for the entire series. So make sure you go on to onceuponafans.com and cast your votes. Um, because we're you know, grading every episode from the pilot all the way to the season 4A finale, Heroes and Villains. And we definitely want to hear from you folks, see what everybody thinks of every episode. It'll be interesting to see what falls where. Um, pretty interested to see what's going to happen with that. So, yeah, make sure that you get out there and start voting. Uh, our second news item is actually a belated birthday wish, and Amy has that for us.
2: We do. December 13th was actually Michael Saka's birthday, and Michael played, for the Knave in Wonderland, and he's transferred over to Once Upon a Time and is playing our Will Scarlet Knave there on Once Upon a Time. So we wanted to wish him a happy belated birthday. And speaking of last week, December 13th, Ash, you actually have the news on our
3: ratings for the week, don't you? I do. Um ratings unfortunately were a bit down. Uh we were looking at five point six five million viewers, uh, by my numbers, as well as a point or one point seven in the demo. Um it is unfortunately the series low, which I find really surprising because I did enjoy this episode quite thoroughly. Um but it's I personally don't think it's anything to get bent out of shape about because the show is still number one on Sundays, yay! And it is the holidays, you know. Folks are very busy, um, just running around and getting everything done before Christmas and the New Year. So I, while well, those aren't the, the numbers that I want to see, I'm I'm not worried about it, and I think that uh, with everything that was introduced in this episode that we just saw on Sunday. We Things are going to go up. People are going to get really excited about what's coming in March. Um, Definitely.
2: Fall, too, that it had to compete with. And football starting to go into the playoffs to see, you know, where it's going to go for the Super Bowl and all that. So that's kind of hard to compete with as well. Foosball. <laughs> foosball.
1: <laughs> we well, foosball. Yeah, it is the holiday season. And, you know, um, there was a lot happening – it's just a busy time of year, as Ashley said. So I don't think that that's necessarily going to reflect on what will happen later on um, in the season. I really think it's funny how the season is turning out because, you know, the first half was all about Frozen and now we're getting villains. So it seems like we're going from more – and, you know, not to say that the Snow Queen wasn't dark and completely insane because she is. but um, Or she was, at least. But um, I think that it was a little bit more lighthearted – um, even with the, the, uh, spell of shattered side and everything. And now that the villains are coming in, we've got not only the three Queens of darkness, but we've also got, you know, Rumple and whatever is going on with him at this point. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what he's going to do now. Um, there is, that is something that we're going to talk about later on when we're getting into the discussion of the episode, but, um, yeah. There's uh I'm looking forward to the second half of the season. Uh I think that they've got some interesting tales to tell. Um you know, hopefully nobody dies because, you know, dead men tell no tales. Uh-huh. So, um, oh. Uh So, Ah. So yeah. Um I I can't wait for it. Very excited. Um, I really thought that the the finale was amazing episode. So um yeah. That's pretty much it for our uh, our news roundup. Um, I want to get back to the countdown really quickly, just because, you know, we've never done anything like this before. And going back and kind of grading every episode that's aired from the beginning to now, uh, it's really interesting because um, – oh, excuse me. I forgot something about the news. My apologies, everybody. We have a huge – yeah something huge happened for us here at Once upon a fan in the last week. um We reached over two hundred thousand likes on Facebook, which is amazing and Thank you to everybody who likes our page and you know follows you know the staff and reads you know all the staff roundtables, sending in your fan art, responding to everybody on Twitter, interacting with all of us um Obviously, the once Upon a fan staff is comprised of more than just us three podcast hosts. We've got our editor Garrett Hughes, um, Origins author, Beta editor Woodrow Call. Um, we've also got you know Laura Foster, um, oh Lord Samantha Lee, uh, mm-hmm. Joanne Denny, Lori Fitzgerald. Yeah. Um, God, there are so many of us. I feel I know I'm going to leave people out, but yeah, there Maury are yeah, yeah, Maury. Um, so many people that you know. There's about 10 or 11 of us, I believe now on staff. So Mm -hmm. we just want to thank everybody because that's huge. I remember I was looking at it actually in two years ago when we were still in season two, I saw the notice where we put out that we had reached 14,000 likes and now we're at 200,000. So it's just two years of growing by leaps and bounds and it's absolutely amazing. And we want to thank everybody again for being so supportive and, and, you know, following our pages and everything.
2: Definitely, big thanks to everyone. It's always fun to watch that. I know Zach and I actually counted down one time when we were about to hit one of the milestones. <laughs> we were like going back and forth with screenshots as the numbers climbed a little bit.
3: <sighs> it seems so crazy. I know. I think it's fantastic too because it's it really shows how many fans are celebrating the show as well, and that's just always great to know that maybe not everybody's as vocal on social media. Maybe there's a lot of folks who kind of lurk and just listen and watch the show and enjoy, but they still take something from the community online. And I think, you know, that's 200,000 likes. That's, that's a, a good indication of um, the impact the fans have had on the show and on each other.
1: I agree. Um, You know, it's, it's, and what's so funny, Amy is when you said just now that we were counting down it was actually the one that I just mentioned. I think mm-hmm. that that or maybe we counted down for the hundred thousand likes. I think that might have been what it was yeah. but it came up yeah it was time. either a
2: hundred or fifty. I remember that I can't remember which one yeah.
1: it was one of the round numbers for sure, yeah, but it is uh it's pretty crazy that 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 has happened in such a short amount of time. I mean two hundred thousand likes is nothing to you know, nothing to scoff at I mean we all you know. It's not like it's a bajillion delikes likes or anything, but still, 200,000 likes on Facebook, yeah, that's pretty decent. So <laughs> thank you all very much for your support. Once again, we appreciate it. Um, let me see here. I'm just looking through to make sure I didn't miss anything else in the news. Again, I am really excited about that, uh, that countdown that we're going to be doing with the voting because it's, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. And they can't I wait. am too
2: because we had some really strong episodes in four A now that can compete with ones that we've had from before. A lot of people we know love skin deep and that almost always makes it into the finale, but now we have, you know, a new batch to add in that has some really strong performances. So I'm I know I'm definitely excited to see what the fans think about the individual episodes
3: and what's the favorite. I agree. It's, it's actually kind of hard for me to pick. Um, I always, I always kind of go by seasons. Like, well, this is my favorite all-time episode for season one, and this is my, mm-hmm. you know, for two. So to see everything laid out there, to see the journey that the characters have gone on, and then try to pick your favorite, your highlights, uh, it's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, I, but, I know which one rank up there for me, like, um, like you know going home, Manhattan, A Land Without Magic, um, you know, so many that are really up there. Um, I'm just going to check one thing really quickly.
3: What about you, Amy? Uh, What are your
1: your top... Hold on on one second, ladies. Hi, um, if you're calling from the 714 number, you're on the line with the Once Upon a Fan podcast. Who's this? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, no, I'm... I think we lost that person because they're not – I don't see them anymore. Yeah, I don't see them. Hmm. Weird. They were there, and now they're not there. Okay. Um. Hmm. Somebody was calling for 714 number, so my apologies if you were giving us a call because I can't, I can't see you on our switchboard anymore. Make, try and check your phone connection and make sure that you were calling in. Yeah. Okay. Right, but yeah. Anyways, Ashley, uh, you were. Oh yeah,
3: well, I would just um, say if you had to pick, what were your, what are your some of your highlights? Oh my gosh,
2: this, there are so many. I have so many moments that it's almost hard for me to pick. You know, singular episodes. I do every. Obviously, I love Regina-centric episodes since I'm such a huge Evil Regal. But Emma has really starting to follow up strong as one of my favorite characters. And I think that I, I love the price of gold when she gives the speech about, um, you know, punching back and telling people who you are. I think that's a great episode from season one. I love, and I didn't think I would, but that still small voice, the one where we get Jim and oh. the Cricket story. Yeah. Love it.
1: Yeah. I love I was that dying. one. Yeah, that speech from the Price of Gold actually changed my life a little bit. So, um, I'm that that one ranks very near and dear to my heart. Actually, so does that still small voice because speaking truthfully, I wasn't completely sold on the show in the beginning until I saw that episode. And once I saw that episode, okay. I I was immediately hooked. Like I love the pilot, but then you know, The Thing You Love Most, I actually wasn't that impressed with. And I was kind of like, okay, well, we'll see how it goes. And then Snow Falls was next. And I was like, okay, it's steam it's a little bit. I, I like where it's going here. I kind of see what they're doing with the flashbacks and going back and forth. I like it. And then they did The Price of Gold, and Emma did that speech to Cinderella. And, you know, I thought it was just a great speech. And it was also so nice to see a female character kind of standing up for herself in that way. Um and kind of just, you know, saying, you know, if you want people to see you differently, make them. If you want to change your life, you have to do it yourself because nobody's gonna do it for you. There are no very godmothers in this world. And I was like, okay, it's really picking up now. And then we got yeah. to, you know, that still small voice and I was hooked immediately. And Hook wasn't even on the show then. So hey. But um <laughs> yeah, I was I was immediately hooked on the show. So I'm I'm excited to see which season has more show, like more episodes up in the more top ranking, shall we say, because I think that'll kind of reflect what people's favorite storylines were. I know that season mm-hmm. one is immensely popular with everybody, so um, I'm interested to see how many of those will be up there and so forth, but right. that's enough of that for now, because at the moment, we are being joined on the line by Lee Ehrenberg. Hey, Lee. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, I can.
2: Yeah, hey, sweetie. How
1: are you? Oh, my God. Hello. Happy holidays, everyone.
2: Hello, darling. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us tonight, Lee. We really appreciate your time. Hey, you know I appreciate the fans so much. We owe it all to our great
0: fans for all our success in this business. So, Aww. always happy to give
1: back to the conversation. Aww. Yeah, we really appreciate it as well, too. So, Um, I just wanted to, you know, just kind of get into the discussion with you really quickly. Um, and first of all, I, you know, we noticed you had a rather noticeable appearance on last week's episode of the Spell of Shattered Fight when you were rolling around on the ground (laughs) fighting. (laughs) That
0: was was some crazy stuff. Yeah. I picked Gabe because I, you know, I said, you know, Gabe is a, he's a lot of fun. And, you know, if you're going to wrestle with someone, Fausty's a real wrestler. So thank God he was asleep. You know what I mean? Shoste <laughs> probably would have hurt me. I mean, he was like a, he was a very, you know, an excellent big time, you know, uh, Olympic kind of wrestler and then became like an Olympic wrestling referee. So I'll pick wow. a little French Cambodian dwarf instead. <laughs> well, yeah, you There's learn that. something new every day, I suppose. So oh, what yeah. was it well, like? Um, mm-hmm.
1: Go ahead. No, you go ahead, bud. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask you, um, what was it like, you know, like when you first got the script and you were reading that episode and you saw how Storybrooke was falling apart? What was your kind of initial reaction to that? What did you think of all that, man? I mean, I'm always paranoid about that stuff, bro. You know, <laughs> you
0: never know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just the thing. With all these scripts, I mean, there's always a surprise uh, whenever you read them. You know, they're always like kind of uh, – that's the one great thing that's consistent about the writers is that's the, that's, the, that's the show. It's always like, you know, Red's the wolf, you know what I mean? So mm. that you're kind of ready for that now and you're just excited to get in the lineup. There's so many characters now in the world and we're jumping around to so many great places that uh you know, it's just always fun to get in the lineup, you know. They have a lot of a lot of people to call on, a lot of stories and um
1: so it's always good when they need my flavor, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was really, it was nice. I mean, it was. Well, I shouldn't say nice. It was, it was nice to see you on screen, but it was kind of crazy to see what was happening with all the characters and how far it was going, and to see all of you like kind of wrestling around, and and then to see yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, like, always pa- I'm always I'm always partial
0: mistake. to the bad snow. I'm always I'm always partial to that. Uh, um, when the characters go bad, you know, when good guys yeah. go bad. So that's always fun, you know. So I think that's an exciting uh, element that's part of us is that we have this duality. Um, you know, remember that our cursed characters were some messed up people, all the heroes, quote heroes. Mm. So I think that's always something to keep in mind that's really fun about these dudes, you know, these Marvelous characters they created is that at uh, any time we could go on a bender, you know, be locked up in a psych ward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Absolutely. That's, what, that's what we love about this. That's what we love about this world. It is a magical storyline, right? So it can go anywhere. We can have all these kinds of characters, and that's what's kind of fun about it and exciting about it. And you know, it's not like a cop procedural you know, law and order, you always know you have to go to court, you got to go to the DA office, you got to go police station, right, crime scene, right, and and on a show, you have no idea where we're going, you have no idea, and that is, you know, it's, there's a lot of pressure on the writers, but that's the, you know, they really stir the, the drink, right, they make, that's who really creates this, you know, is, it always comes from good writing, and that's,
1: probably the most, that's what
2: you guys react to. It seems like all the possibilities. Yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, like, as far as the storyline and, you know, how it went from kind of being, you know, more frozen centric, and then they started bringing in the actual inspiration of the snow queen, you know, and then the, you know, the spell of shattered sight, as far as the storyline itself, you know, what did you think about how it kind of started off one thing and then kind of took a sharp right turn when they brought mm-hmm. the Snow Queen? In? Because she was, a, she was a little crazy.
0: Yeah, she was
1: a whole batch of crazy,
0: right? I mean, <laughs> great, what a great character. Um, Listen, I think that's the way they – that's that's how they play the show. I think they play, you know – on all on the audience's expectations and those terms. That's the that's the essence of it. That's what I'm saying about the unpredictability of, you know, this form of drama and it makes it kind of fun to play and fun to watch. Is that it isn't formulaic. So the only formula is that it doesn't really follow a formula, if you will. So I pretty much like it's like surfing, you know, you kinda of have to surrender to the wave to, to achieve that zen if you fight it too hard you'll never catch it kind of a thing. And I think that's uh um one of the fun parts about once is that you kind of just gotta suspend your disbelief for an hour and get into these magical characters and you gotta let yourself believe in, in magical things. And not hard for the actor ever, but it's you know, it's ma- it is a magical thing when the audience buys in you know, and then it becomes a real special experience for storytelling and all those. That's why we love fairy tales. That's why we love all these stories. And that's where it taps into, you know, such a great, uh, powerful place, right?
1: Right. Yeah, I agree. So if I know that, you know, you and I have talked before and I know you don't necessarily try to take a guess as far as where the storyline is going to go and, you know, know... No. The have it. yeah, I mean, it's it's but, if there no was fight. like if there was one wish list item that you could do for the second half of the season for any character, any storyline, anything at all, do you have one
0: like wish list for i mean I mean, I would like to see us just fight somebody. I feel like it needs a good fight theme you know, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is to not that we didn't already sort of have it in the site, but I mean. Like just sort of like a medieval kind of like real story, but going against somebody, nice, and, and I miss that a little bit. But listen, I'm not presumptuous on the writing end of it, only because it doesn't say writer by my name, and I know how right. hard that is, right? So, and I'm not that creative, you know. I mean, I can be, but like these guys spend eight hours, ten hours, twelve hours a day you know, thinking about this stuff 24 hours a day thinking about it at times, right? So, you know, they put a lot of thought into it um, and I've learned that th- they do better than me, you know, like what I could come up with and their, their stuff is so much better. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I, I like to worry about the things I can control, you know. Right. That's I got yeah. That's what Hollywood teaches you that, brother, you know, it's like you just control what you can control, and then try not to take everything else personally. I mean, look at the emails and the whole this whole hack thing. I mean, that's my, my mind's blown. You know, not mm. not because of the hacking, because now they really said it was North Korea. You know, I don't know, yeah. whatever. That, and like Gore Verbinski, you know, who directed the first three tyrants, he had a movie oh. set up with Steve Carell that they just like shut down. That was like a a thriller set that way. I saw that on deadline, right? I mean, it's like, wow. Some of my friends I saw on Facebook are like, it's like blacklisting. I mean, if anything, it's going to be good press for the movie. Yeah. Like a lot lot of people will go see it. You know, I understand that, of course, they wouldn't do anything of that nature and it's not about promoting the movie. um, But what a conundrum.
1: I mean, what a a, a thing is, like, should the press have released that? Yeah, that's... material, stolen stuff. Yeah, well, especially some of the things that are coming out, like the the personal email exchanges and, you know, comments that are being made about various, you know, people and, you know, identifying people's salaries, like stuff that really should not be out there. It almost seems like a a free-for-all, like, you know, the piranhas are circling around now. Like, it's kind of know, anyway, at first it didn't seem like it was, you know, a, such a serious matter, but then the more information came out, it kind of went from being a oh, you know, pointing and laughing, look what happened to oh my gosh, this is spiraling out of control in a huge way and this is going to have a major effect on the business. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any surprise that like people say stuff in emails, you know, right? Yeah. And that's cost- that's a private conversation though. Right. So, I believe I believe I believe that's like you know there's something about like the, the right to know and I don't know it's going to be a question of ethics. It's like again that's a you know above my uh, sort of thinking at this point. I need to hear some more intelligent people discuss it before I can decide what I I know about it. You know what I mean? Because it's like well, no one would want their personal shit hacked and, uh, you know, the content of email discussions or, you know, um, although I bet most people don't talk like that about other people. Scott, so. Rudin, Scott Rudin is like an intense guy, you know what I mean? So he's like, you know, he's that's not a big surprise in Hollywood that he's intense, you know, he's produced a lot of great things, but sometimes those guys, you know, are like just like, wow, such tornadoes of energy like him, you know. So, that's confidential shit. I don't. I don't know. I think that's kind of that. That's a question of ethics. Then shutting the movie down because North Korea said they're going to blow up movie theaters. I mean, that's just, that's you know that's a whole other issue. That's like uh, I'm just saying that that has nothing to do, obviously, with our world. But what a what an interesting you know sideline of Hollywood and what an interesting day really in history. You know there's yeah. shutting
1: yeah, sh- yeah, when they said that the Department of Homeland Security was now involved because of the terrorist activity, that's when I kind of realized that it had it's you know I mean we're talking about different countries now you know- i mean yeah. that's a, that's major thing like that's that's bringing politics into the world of entertainment in a way that we don't really see that often, if at all. Like, that's right well, With so. the
0: worldwide business, right? I mean, our business is a worldwide business. So, you know, the, the fact is that you specifically say you're going to kill the leader of some country, you know, ha, 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 it's a big joke. You know, it turns out it pissed him off. Well, I mean, he's not exactly like the, you know, known to be the sanest kind of guy with some of the way he treats his, his people. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, but that shouldn't stop you from telling stories again. That's something that it has the worldwide draw of it, so. Yeah. I can see I I can see every it. side of it, but at the same time, I kind of, well, I wanted to see it because it looked funny. You know, it looked absolutely, it looked like one of those movies that, and they, and they shot that was in Vancouver. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they shot a lot of it. Not all of it. They shot a lot of that in Vancouver, so when we were up there, and they
1: would always be like, James Franco sightings or whatever. So. <laughs> Amy, I know that you have a couple of questions for him. Go ahead, Nolte.
2: I hey. do. Amy, how are you?
1: I'm
2: good. I'm good. Good, yeah. babe. Um, you had some of the best lines written for you this season. So much snarky, and you know that the fans love that at the, you know, the conventions, you're always really great with the fans, and they always want to recite back to you and talk to you about these really great scenes. I'm just wondering (laughs) what you thought about this season so far, just this 4A arc. You've had a a lot of really great lines and and moments in there. What have you thought overall about where the show has gone for this part of the show? Well, I mean, I think, listen, i
0: yeah, I was very like for the four A. Is that what we call the first half of it? Four A.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. Um, personally, I really dug it. I mean, I thought it was ballsy to like bring the frozen in, and then I really think that you know, they sort of nailed it. You know, um, uh-huh. in a way that. Yeah, you know, it was a risky move, but I think they had brought new eyes to the show. So that's always great. Um, I think it's always tough when we get around, like, you know, the football season, you know, like in yeah, football yeah, yeah. season, like to judge our numbers or whatever. And I'm always a numbers guy, like i a stats guy all the time. So i got to judge it sort of like by, you know, the fact that it's up, like, not only up 13% or whatever, which is fantastic, but I dug it, you know? So... Uh-huh. So I was a fan of it of 4A. I, you know, I always want more stuff to do. I'm gonna just be honest. You know, I like to, to work, and so I always want more stuff. But when you're a character dude, you got to pick your moments. So my my job is actually to every time they give me the line, I gotta make it. I gotta let it. I gotta try and have it make the show. So okay. I gotta I gotta find a way to say it. You know that. Um, I don't know, that but if it's supposed to be funny, it's funny. And that's the pressure of the gig, you know, for me. It's like, okay, there's your there's your chance, nail it, okay, nail perfect. There's the color we need. That's what I love about this. A lot of painting, right? We see these new characters, a lot of them the frozen people that came in in that world and you know, and how it intersected the other colors of the show and um I think it was a good I think it was an excellent painting. You know, I'm super excited to see where it goes in the second half of the season, you know, because I heard, like, is is Ariel coming back? I saw that. Is that true? Yes.
2: That's what we saw, yeah.
0: Because she's, like, one of my favorite people in the whole world, you know. I love that woman. She's just a neat, neat person, right? And her husband is, like, he's, like, a superstar baseball player. So I love yeah. that, too. So if i want like, you know, Nick's around, I'm, like, me and Nick, oh, God. Biggie my buddy Nick, he's so cool. He's a stud. You know, he was like world champs of the Yankees and he's just like a but he's like a sweetheart, dude. So um I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I mean I guess if I have one wish, like, you know, I'd like to you know, do some scenes with uh with Ariel and the gang and then I think I think there's gonna be a lot more Ginny and stuff. They have the baby and so there was a lot of baby was a little baby, now he's a little bit bigger, so you know, I should probably carry more of the stuff, but, you know, who knows that? Like, I have no clue, you know, so I was definitely stoked with 4A. I was super stoked with it, that we added viewers, which is always a great thing, especially in, like, the fourth year that people uh-huh. discovered it and started back. And that, that I, I, found, I guess I was the first one to say that there was something I found in my Google Alert about that Netflix where we were like like seven percent of the action was us and
1: Blacklist or something, and that was yeah up. yeah, yeah, That's you huge. yeah, one, one of time and the Blacklist are the two most popular shows on Netflix, right,
0: and that says so much about people going back and taking not only our advice but other oncers' advice of going back and starting at the start of the show to watch it, and then mm-hmm. once they do, they always tell me how they binge it you know, and that's just, you know, I love that. And I do love the fan thing. I mean, they, I'm definitely serious. They make you in the business, you know, and especially doing the convention thing. You, you want to be like, my guy's not, he's like, he seems like a character in the show. He's not one of the stars of the show. So the fact that I get a lot of, it's an adding up of all my pirates and my Seinfeld and my scrubs. And I always get such a big kick on the Twitter when someone goes, look what I found. Good luck, Charlie. Or, you know, yes. I think, might be I, I think like, friend. Yeah, 30 years or 28 <laughs> years or whatever it is, this, you know, I have to pretty like talk about magical, you know, my career and the fact that I've been able to lead a co- such a, you know, cool life, uh, live the dream of some like myopic kid, you know, so.
2: Yeah, it is amazing. <laughs> we were on IMDB. You have 131 entries. Just for the acting, yes, one hundred and thirty-one. I was like, Isn't wow. If anybody's curious, he's everywhere. Yeah,
0: that's good. I guess that's good. I mean, you know, that's what like I always think like Michael Caine or you know some of these actors that are again leading actors. I'm a character guy. I've always I can be a lead guy. You know, that's the so confidence I have in the game. But you got to get lucky and it's timing and the right project, whatever. So Hollywood's different than say independent film or theater or something that but somebody like Michael Caine with like 500 credits you know it's ridiculous just says yes you know why say no you know Pretty 10 right. assholes or something
1: definitely yeah um so I know that um Ashley wants to ask you a question too she's our other host Ashley go ahead Dolph.
0: Hey, Ashley.
3: okay hi Lee how are you
1: hi fine how are you
0: today
3: doing good doing good um, I right. did want to ask you. I'm a big convention person. I am I am a con hound, and cool. I've been hearing stuff about this uh, Regal Con. I was wondering if you wanted to talk a bit about that.
0: Well, well I mean, all I, know, I mean, I don't know a lot about it in terms of. I guess it's in Anaheim, and uh, so far there's a bunch of once or actors that are. I don't even know who they've got totally committed to it. But I know that I am going, and conventions are always super fun depending on how they set them up. They're all different uh, but this one sounds like it's going to be about once so there'll probably be a lot of good opportunities to hear stories and meet everyone and do pictures and all that fun stuff which, you know, that's that's what it's all about. It's like having a real life experience with the people, seeing that we're just kind of people. Uh, I mean, we are amazing and super great looking and all that but let's be honest, it's just <laughs> we're just like we are like we're just people and we're very thankful for the fans. So I say come out to the Regal Con, uh is Lana gonna be there? I don't know who who's coming right now? Who who do they say is booked for that show?
1: Uh, i I know I've got to list of who's gonna be in there. So we've got uh Michael Coleman, of course played uh-huh. yes. Right. Um we've uh, Faustino Debata, so Faustino. Right. Um right. Gil McKinney, who played Prince Eric. Okay, um, Rebecca Mater, who of course was the wicked witch. Love her, love it all so far. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm stoked about that because she was, yeah, stoked. Um, so Bex is like Bex
0: is like is you know big- Bex is really great at the conventions too because she's just like, you know, she's I mean, yeah, I I think she's probably one of my favorite conventioners because I like I like hearing her interviews and then she's smoking mm-hmm. hot.
1: Yeah, that never hurts. Um, uh, David <laughs> and –
0: I'm shallow. I'm sh- Anders is going to be there?
1: Yeah, David's going to be there, and so is uh, Sean McGuire.
0: So I'm going to say all-star all-star cast, because this is like all the best people that you'd want to have in a room together. Just don't bring the kids and don't tape record anything.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, It's going to be super salty. It's going to be super salty. <laughs> I remember from, in, from Enchanticon, there was a couple things where uh, I was outside um, just having a quick conversation with David Anders and some of the stuff that he was saying. I was like, okay, I totally love uh, you, but there is no way this conversation could ever occur in <laughs> yes. Uh, and
2: Yes.
0: There's no one I love hanging out more than, than Anders. Anders and I are like that's like, that's like, I don't know, magnesium and water. We just burn hot for a night or two. Like, I mean, that was, yeah, yeah, he is one of the funniest, smartest, like, he he literally is one of the, I don't know, those people that just crack me up and inspire me to, like, be as dumb as I can myself, so,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty So And then, everybody, just so you know, um, RegalCon is in May, um, okay. I have the... I have the exact dates here. Oh, my gosh. I'm a loser. So it's May. Uh, it's the weekend of the 9th. And it's May 8th, 9th, and 10th. And it's going to be at the Wyndham Anaheim, which is just a few blocks down from Disneyland. So, um, you know, it's And tickets. Yeah, it is. I know, right? It's perfect location. I love it. Everybody, you know, if you're interested in, you know, getting taken to going to RevaCon, obviously, as we just said, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be there from the show. A lot of other monsters are going to be there. Uh, You can find the Facebook page. It's just under RegalCon. It's two words. Um, They've got their tickets on sale, as we've already said. So, you know, make sure that you get out there. And we will um, make sure that we share a link to the ticket site for anybody who's interested and wants to get their tickets. And if you want to come out and join the fun, uh, I will be attending as well, Lee. So I'll get to, you know, hang out with you for a bit, hopefully. And uh, at least we talk for a bit. And um, I mean, I'll probably, yeah,
0: I'll probably, even though I look close, i would probably Stay there, probably. You know, you never know. Because
1: he wants to drive to Anaheim from LA? So that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. What a fun it's commute. Fun. I live. I'm just outside Mission Viejo now, and yeah, that's that. Right. I wish that commute on anybody. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: you're not that far.
1: Then you you could definitely go home if you wanted to, for sure. Yeah. I. I'll probably just you know do the drive. I mean, it's weird. LA conventions are. Yeah. I mean, I probably will
0: too. Honestly.
1: You know, hang yeah. out, come home. Uh,
0: my house is better than a hotel. So that's always good,
1: right? Yeah, you know. Uh, and then, uh, after, yeah, I your believe you're going now, like. too, right? Pardon me? I say you're going to RegalCon, too, I think, yes?
3: I think I am. I, I think I uh, need to uh, put on my big girl pants and head out to Anaheim in May because it just sounds fantastic. And like I said, I'm a big convention person and one of my favorite parts uh, is the community and seeing all the once or like yeah. everyone you know you meet up with at other cons reuniting again. So sounds great.
0: Yeah, we need that like big presence like we had at that spooky mayhem. And yeah, that was really
3: fun. That
2: was fun.
0: That was like you know. That was amazing. That was we had about. the best time. But we
2: need that. You
0: know, we need to get the stars of the show to do these events. We I must mean, be real about it. Like you know, you got to get the big fish. In May, it's possible. So. She has to land, like, Roxy or whatever. She needs to land a big fish for sure to really make it a – I mean, like, having Lana at the uh, Spooky was, like, you know, a huge deal. So mm-hmm. that's the – got to sell themselves to, like, one of the stars or two of the stars. Because, you know, as big as, like, we are or whatever, that's like – you know, we've been to a lot of shows, all of those people on the list, only a couple of like Fausti and Coleman or whatever, and they haven't done any so many of those. So, um, I mean, that's how I just see it. You know, like, when we can get, like, the top nine to be interested in the convention side of it, then that will be the heyday of those, the ones present on this on the con show. I mean, that's
1: how I see it. I don't know. Maybe that's... What are you guys think?
0: Absolutely.
1: So, Kaylee, I don't know how much long we have you for. Um, that was pretty much, you know, everything we wanted to delve into with you. I don't know if you want to stick around as we discuss the episode. I don't know if you saw it or what or if you have to go. But, you know, just let me know. Well, you know what?
0: I'll give you I'll give you a couple more minutes, and then I'll get out of your air just because I got, like,
1: a puppy and a
0: seven-year-old and homework and, you know, all that <laughs> I stuff. I could contribute, too, if I was smart, you know. Got it.
1: All right, so, awesome. But, so but I just, just want to ask, you know, people.
0: yeah, buddy.
1: I was going to ask you, um, you know, as far as upcoming projects, anything that you you know see on the horizon. Um, I don't. I know no, that there's some you may not be able to talk about no, per no, se. That like, we may. Need
0: to to the, some, but. No, I don't. It's just the whole thing with the pirates thing is like, listen, it's like whether they're going to have a back or not. It's like I don't. You know, they sort of want it, but then they don't want it. I don't know if like Mackenzie's in. Um, I don't know if that means I'm out. So. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know where it's at right now. It's, like, one of those things where it's, like, um, it'd be great to do it, and if not, you know, I did three of them, and I'm not going to, like, bang my head against the wall, you know, and, you know, freak out, because I already did that on the last one. I thought that was stupid, that I wasn't in it. So, you know what I'm saying? So I want to do it. I'd love to be able to do it, you know. I love making pirate movies, but um, who knows what will happen. I'll probably know sooner rather than later, though,
1: if I'm in or out. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I saw an article just today, actually, earlier today, where Orlando Bloom said that it may end up being a reboot of the entire series. And I saw that and I said, wait, what? Like, there's no way. Like, you can't reboot. I mean, it's not even that old. You can't reboot Pirates. Like, I just, I was like, there's no way. It'll just be a continuation of the story, probably. So, but, well, yeah, I thought yeah, that was. A- I mean, I guess
0: it would be a. I don't think it can be a reboot if you have Johnny and Jeffrey, and I know Kevin's in, I think Marty's in now, and, you know, so, I mean, it's mostly like, you know, on me, it's like Mackenzie doesn't want to do it, or he's got other projects, he has this other show, that, you know, BBC4 that he's doing with Toby Jones, and I don't blame him, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to really give us great stuff, but... um, you know, it's hard to get valued in this town. That's what I'll say. Like, they don't really know that there's 131 credits on the thing for me. Like, so they don't necessarily, like, in my opinion, like, value how special what we did was, you know, as a double act in the movie. So, I don't know. You know, that's, like, I want to do it, and
1: maybe that they hold that against me, put it that way, If <laughs> I
0: want to do it. Okay. All okay. right.
1: So I have one more question for you, and it is about Once Upon a Time. And I, I, I know you probably don't know the answer to this, but we have people who want to know you and Nova. What's going on, buddy? Where's she at? Where's your love? What's going on?
0: <laughs> uh, dude, I mean, I think that. You know what? Honestly, I really do think that was all resolved in that. That weird, um, not weird, but the welcome to Storybrooke, the uh, teaser trailer thing that came on the DVD. Couple of seasons, yeah. second season, where he goes like, because she's on the other show, she's on Person of Interest, so like the actor not available. It's kind of like you know what happens like in certain like you know just that person can't isn't isn't avail. So maybe they do something with it, um, but I sort of think that he messed it up, you know, because and he's destined to be kind of grumpy forever because. He should have let her choose her happiness. Because that's what she says to him in the welcome, you know, like, you should have let me choose that. And, you know, I, I guess that was the resolution as far as right now is concerned, you know. You okay. never, say never, dead people come back to life, so that's just kind <laughs> of a, the other fairies. Well, she's, she's a lame. nun. She's a nun, you know what I mean? She is with the other fairies, so maybe they would have to, if they were going to, you know, get together, I think it would most likely happen in the Enchanted Forest. Right? Because right. she's a nun in the, you know, I don't think she's going to, unless she takes, like, I don't think they can, like, renounce their vows or, I, don't <laughs> I, don't, you know, I just don't see that happening, you know. I think, right. I think she's, like, you know, I think she's, like, the most beautiful spinster and ever. <laughs> Sweet. That's
1: awesome. All right, Lee, thank you very much for your time, man. We hey, really guys. appreciate you and All appreciate the best it. my friend.
0: Of course. You too. Take
1: care. All right, buddy. I'll talk too, to you later. G.
0: Take
1: care. Bye bye. Alright, everybody. That was uh that was Lee Ehrenberg. So uh yeah, that's pretty awesome. Again, just want to thank him the time out Two Join us on the podcast. And I know we I saw the switchboard lighting up that, you know, there were a lot of people who were calling and wanting to ask questions. Unfortunately, we were not able to do that just because we have so much else that we have to talk about on the podcast that we, we still have to do our episode discussion and we've only got 40 minutes left to talk about the finale and we, <laughs> we need to make sure that we have the time to do that. So I do apologize if you called it and you wanted to ask me a question. We just weren't able to do that because of time constraints. Um, you know, we had a list you know we had stuff that we had to ask him, and then we have the episode to still to discuss and everything, but I did make sure to ask the question about Nova for everybody in the chat room who was wanting to hear about it, so you heard his answer, so there we go, all right, so, um again, Lee, thank you so much for taking the time out, and also Lomo, I love you, kisses, wedding crashers, all those lovely things, so all um the yeah, so um, yeah, my fair wedding, anyways, um. So yeah, let's get into this episode discussion because I'm I'm ready to, to really get into this. We have a number of points that we need to get to and obviously we're a little bit shorter on time than we normally are, so let's just make sure that we kinda lay it. Thank God we laid everything out beforehand, right, girls? Okay. So yeah, uh planning. First, first thing that we have to talk about is, you know, the whole flashback thing with Rumple and Bell and the Gauntlet. Um specifically that part of the flashback, because it obviously went from those two to involving the Queens of Darkness. And we're going to save those lovely ladies for last. So um, the interesting things that came up in that discussion, of course, was that Rumple got that gauntlet from Camelot. Um, that threw me through a loop. Yeah. Oh, it threw me through a loop too, girl. Oh my gosh. I was, I was so thrown. I couldn't even believe it. Like we, they've obviously mentioned it before. It's not the first time that we've heard Camelot be mentioned on the show. However, um, the fact that it was brought up again in conjunction with the fact that Eddie and Adam have hinted that we will be seeing some new lands in the second half of the season makes me think that we're all going to be paying a trip to Camelot. What do you think?
3: I hope so. I'm wondering if maybe we're not taking a trip to Camelot so much as somebody from Camelot is coming to play in storybook or maybe they already are, you know, like Merlin. I don't know, the apprentice looks yeah, Merlin, that the the sorcerer's quote unquote apprentice looks pretty wizard y wizardy in the traditional sense, so that's what I'm thinking.
1: I would love it if you know, I've for a long time I just have to acknowledge this too, even though it really chaps my buttons to have to do so. Eddie and Adam did confirm that Yensid Sid is not the author of the book, nor is he necessarily the sorcerer. Can't tell you how much that mm-hmm. burns because I've been pushing it for a year. However, my theory was still mostly correct because the hat is on the show and Henry became an apprentice. So there it is. Um, I do think that it's a pretty plausible idea to think that Merlin could be the sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be okay with that. What about you two?
2: I have always loved all the Camelot and King Arthur history and lore. Like, I love the books, the movies, the musical, like, all of that shenanigans. So I'd be excited to see what they do with it.
0: Ashley? And if
2: Merlin means we get Madame Mim, too, then, you know, make well, plus hot doggy.
3: Yeah, well, I was, was going to say, it. like... I- I'd like to see a Merlin like how we saw in The Sword and the Stone, where he was wise but kind of a know-it-all. Like he had, the Merlin in that Disney film had a real personality. and I would like to see. I would want to see. Obviously, we, we not, nothing is cookie cutter on this show. But you know, what I mean, I would love to see like a really out of left field take on Merlin to be on the show if it, if he would be involved at all. Mm-hmm.
1: I would want him to be kind of goofy, the way he was in the show, because he was serious, and he did know what he was talking about. But he was also kind of. There were times when he was like a silly goofball, like,
0: you
1: mm-hmm. sure like what was going on. And I would love to see some kind of incarnation of Archimedes as well.
2: Yes, 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 yes. Archimedes, walk. Yep.
1: Yeah. Know- yeah. So, yeah, interesting in Camelot. Okay. Second point. Uh we said goodbye to our frozen characters. Aww. Um and to I'm and actually to kinda perfect. sad. I'm sad but I'm also okay with it. Um however, Ashley, go ahead and and tell us why you're sad, doll.
3: Well, that's the thing. Like, and I've said this multiple times on Twitter, in my spoiler TV reviews, on here, I'm sure. When they announced Frozen, when we saw Elsa come out of that uh urn back in season 3, I personally was not hmm, I have to be diplomatic. I wasn't 100% on board. And I wasn't for a very long time. It wasn't until San Diego Comic Con where I went. Okay, I, I all of my trust is in the writers, and they're going to do us. They're going to do right by us. And actually, seeing the story unfold this half of the season, I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed seeing the the frozen story kind of frame the meteor business that was going on with the Snow Queen and with Robin and Regina and all of that. Um, and I felt like, uh, particularly with Elsa, I felt like we really got to know this character well, mm. and I really did enjoy seeing her and Emma interact. I like the fact that Emma has a, had a friend, and I say had now, Like ugh, that's the part that's really getting me, is I like the fact that Emma had a friend in Storybrooke that was... Uh, ugh, Contemporary, I guess it was an equal. It was, uh, it wasn't her mother. It wasn't some estranged family member. It was just a person who she trusted and who trusted her, and they got into shenanigans together. I like that. And now that they've, uh, the frozen folks have gone back off and reclaimed their kingdom, I hope that that door sticks around and maybe. I wouldn't mind seeing Elsa pop back in for a visit, like, you know, some chatty, gossipy tea with uh, Emma or whatever, or hot cocoa. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that's, that those are my feelings on Frozen, is that I, I like, I did end up liking what they brought to the show in this season.
1: Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way um, as far as Elsa goes. I really like the fact that Emma had a friend that went you know, was going through the same thing that she was, who understood her struggle, who was a real parallel, um, you know, somebody that she can relate to, somebody with magic, somebody, you know, close to her. I mean, not, her parents are obviously her age, but this is somebody who is her age. That's not her parents. Um, somebody else. I just felt like they made such a really good pairing and I'm sad to see them go because of that. I don't want Emma's only friend to be gone because we've already seen from her past with that girl Lily that you know she mm. has a lot of friends. However, I think Lily will reappear by the end of the season, but that's just me um, so I was sad to see that I was sad to see that Emma's friend was going to go however i and this is me speaking truthfully here. Um, the reason why I am happy that this half of the season is over is because I am now frozen out. Um, I love the movie. I think it's great. And to be perfectly honest, I have not watched frozen since the season started. Um, (laughs) not once. So I'm interested to go back and watch the movie now and see the ship kind of sink and see the, you know, like in the beginning when the parents are talking to Elsa, knowing, now that apparently they were on their way to go see, you know, people in Once Upon a Time. I think that's really cool. But Mm -hmm. to be honest, like, Frozen is kind of everywhere. It's in every cosplay group. It's in so many parodies. It's taking over the theme parks. Uh, They've got another short coming out. They, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, children's books coming out, Frozen on Ice. Um, And it's on every product known to man, Oh so, yeah. I
3: was in Walgreens the other day buying um the Christmas doodads and uh it was Snuggies, mugs, um cookie tins, they have caps with Elsa's braid on them. It's it's
1: nuts. I'm I mean they have an Olaf waffle maker, which truth be told, I do want that. Um <laughs> yes. I do. I do like I I that it's just too cute. And Olaf, I, I love him. Like, you know, he I feel like Olaf is actually an aspect of my personality. So I really love him a lot. But um otherwise, though, I I'm, I'm frozen over. I'm, I'm ready to break the ice and move into something different. And honestly, the fact that we're going from frozen into having three iconic Disney villains on the regular, it excites me to no end. Um, and we'll, we can save some more discussion on those on the, you know, Queens of Darkness for later. But I'm really, really, really excited to see what they're going to do with this um, and where it's going to go. So, yeah. Um, Any your thoughts on saying goodbye to our Frozen folks?
2: I felt like it did really fit well. And I, too, at the beginning, like Ash said, I was kind of worried that maybe they were just pushing it in because of the fact that it was so popular right now. But I think because of the way that they wove it with the rest of our core characters and the storyline with the Snow Queen, which I absolutely adored. I'm madly in love with Elizabeth Mitchell, the Snow Queen. ah oh, still grieving her leaving this show. But I loved, loved uh, Elizabeth Lale and Georgina Haig fantastic casting. I thought they were... I have such a girl crush. I love them to death. And I wouldn't mind seeing them come back in for a visit. But I do think that they wrapped it up very nicely. And I liked that it ended in Arendelle with a scene that we had seen before in the animated version. The whole little chocolate interaction.
0: And I liked that the Chocolate,
2: yes. And I know their paint, because I'm all about chocolate. But anyway, and I love, love the painting behind them, that it had the three sisters, and Ingrid was right in the middle. That kind of, like, stabbed me right in the heart when I saw it. But I think that it, it had a nice wrap-up, and I'm definitely ready to get into my villains, which I love them, want to squeeze them, hug them, kiss their evil little faces. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I agree with you on the casting. We should, you know, now big shout out to Georgina Haig and Elizabeth Lale for your performance. It says you really captured not only their attitudes, um, that you, you know, you got their mannerisms, their body movements, their body language, their interaction was perfect. Um, Particularly Elizabeth Lale. Oh my gosh. I've never seen an animated character come to life in such a way in real life ever. Um said so that was, Her performance was really a standout um, Yeah, shout out to both of you And of course to Veronica Collins Rooney And the casting department of the show Because once again, you hit the nail on the head um, And just did a perfect job with these two So kudos to everybody from Frozen Scott Michael Foster, we loved you too Sven the Reindeer, of course, we adore you So I um, just want to give a shout out to all of you um, Okay, so Let's get to the next point here, because we only have half an hour. we got a lot to talk about.
0: <laughs>
1: Regina, R- Regina and Robin Hood. Oh. Uh. Uh.
2: I have opinions. Um, <laughs> we're weeping.
1: Um, I was really, you know, when when she first, when Regina first put Marion's heart back in, and they, you know, they were standing there in the vault, and, Robin Hood is hugging her and he's looking at Regina and she looks away. I was just like, Really? Like, I felt like Emma, like, Really, dude? And then when, you know, Marion met Regina at Granny's and said that she would step aside because she wants to be chosen, content hint, hint, at things to come later on down the road in the episode. So she wanted to be <laughs> chosen, you know, didn't want to be second choice, wanted Robin Hood to love her first and that she would step aside for Regina. Number one, really big of Marion to do that. Yeah. Really big. Um, number two, classy. And I was like, okay, like, are we really about to see Robin Hood and Regina together? And, in fact, we kind of did. Five seconds. Because and then they our
3: hearts out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Eddie and Adam really did rip our hearts out because Mary started freezing again, and the only way for her to not be frozen was to leave town. And of course, Robin Hood, being the man that he is, went with her, uh-huh. and they said goodbye. Mine to which I actually shouted at my television, are you freaking kidding me right now? Yeah. Ashley? I hear (laughs) that.
3: Well, okay, so to backtrack a bit, I'll kind of do what you you said and and go through the stages. So they put Marion's heart back in and just, you see Regina, like, she can't even look at that because she knows what's coming. and She knows she's doing the right thing and she believes it's biting her in the rear. Um, and honestly, I was as surprised as Regina was that Marion was the one in the diner uh, to come talk to her. I was like, oh, uh-oh, whoa, like, it's going down. But... And I have to say, initially, when Marion so... Quickly and willingly stepped aside. I was a little. I was. I that was my really reaction. I was like, nah, But but as she explained it, I I understood better because who, who wants someone to be with them out of obligation? You want someone to be with you because they they like you, they love you. It's instead of just out of duty. Um, so I did come to grow more upon a rewatch. I, I was much more accepting of that. Um, and I do like when Ra- uh, Robin and Regina were talking when they were on the bench and they were watching Marion and Nolan play. And Regina is still kind of resisting this a bit, and Robin is like, Yeah, it's it's a mess. It's messy, but we're gonna we are gonna deal with it. We're going to we're going to make it work somehow. I really liked how they acknowledged that. It wasn't a uh, quote unquote fairy tale. Like this was a messy, difficult thing that they were all engaged in, but they were all all parties, including Marion, were willing to kind of work together to find the best outcome for everyone. And then when she succumbed to the sliver of spell that was still within her, I was like, "No, but things are going so well." Um, I have to say, at the town, li- at, yeah, at the town line, I for Good five minutes after Regina had listened to Rumble's little pep talk about taking taking a happy ending, I legitimately was thinking when Marianne and Roland went over the town line and Just Robin was left, I was like, don't do anything stupid. Do not just... And she didn't. And I think that, that alone, her inaction to, to do a selfish act and to quote-unquote take her happy ending, speaks volumes on her... Character development—it really does. Because I mean, well, the last time she was cheerfully bidding somebody goodbye that she loved and wanted to make a family with, um, not counting Henry, like in the past was, um, oh, what the heck is his name? Uh, Owen. Daniel. And oh. mm-hmm. no, no, no. Uh, remember, it was. Kind, I felt like yeah, I God saw a bit of a parallel sure. with that, where she was so willing to force them to stay in town to make her family. And now she's in the same kind of predicament where she could have forced Robin Hood to stay in town somehow and she didn't. And that I that I think really speaks to how much she's grown. And the fact that they didn't even have to have words as they said goodbye, like literally it was I and I know and that was it and it was done. Like that was just oh, I usually don't get all worked out about couples on the show, but that that whole, everything that went on with this episode between Regina and Robin was just fantastic to watch.
1: Yeah, it was really heartbreaking and tragic. And I like what you said about the fact that it wasn't just a fairy tale kind of thing because, um, you know, true love is never easy. I mean, love itself is not always an easy thing. Um, Sometimes, you know, you find yourself in a situation that you don't necessarily want to be or, you know, there are issues between the two people in the relationship that you wish weren't there. But, you know, this was an example of, you know, if you want to make it work, you do what you can in spite of the fact that those issues are there. And, you know, sometimes talking about those issues aren't very easy. You know, sometimes they kind of create a lot of different emotions sometimes negative and, you know, mostly negative, and then those lead to a positive, but you just got to hang in there and know that what you're doing is, you know, going to work out for the best and that even dealing with the negative stuff in the moment will ultimately lead to some positives down the road. So I really like that about it. Uh, Amy, really quickly, because we have a lot to talk about, what did you think?
2: I thought the whole scene was really beautiful and heartbreaking, and I teared up, but did you notice... I mean, their goodbye. There wasn't a lot of words. There was the kiss, and when Robin crossed back across the line, if you looked at his face, you could see a tear drop fall off his face, and I thought that was just crushing. And then she tore up the storybook page. I was like, oh. tear that up! Oh, so sad. I was just crushed for Regina. I was. I teared up for for several minutes, and I don't usually sob at the you know, T V, but I I was definitely tearing up for that.
1: You know I just realized that I'm trying to hurry us along we have a two hour podcast. We still have an hour to go. We have plenty of time to talk. Plenty okay. of time. <laughs>
0: God I don't know why.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah. It's bitch to end it early, I forgot. I'm sorry. So okay, yeah. So let's discuss this a little bit further. Okay, because that scene was heart wrenching. It was heart wrenching. Like, and, and mind you, I'm a person who still believes that somebody needs to give a Re- Regina a what for as far as her doing everything that she's done, even though I want her to have a happy ending. So, you know, I was it still was like, no. It was a resignation in it all. It was the fact well, that it
3: she, was, she had, was so accepting that she was defeated and she was just, like, She was defeated. I I mean, in in the worst emotional sense of the way, that's what was just, like, really killing me. Yeah.
1: And the thing is, like, it wasn't, like, a big battle. She wasn't, like, going up against a hero in some big old, you know, fashion with a bunch of magic going on. This wasn't, like, you know, this wasn't Evil Queen, Regina, Mm -hmm. you know, being a total badass bitch and, oh, excuse me, but... um, (laughs) lost myself a bit there but that's what she is though so you know it wasn't her being like that um i can't believe i just said that and she could have um, but it could have been but it was the fact that she handled it yes somebody in the real world would handle it and and you know not everybody handles that kind of situation the same way like there are plenty of women you know women who are scorned or whatever who you know lose their mind and really you know Go off the deep end as far as what was happening. She handled it so calmly, so gracefully, and so—I mean, it was just so different that
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like. And uh, actually, it's—it's to your point what you said earlier. This really shows the growth of her character. That's—that's that's what it is.
3: Mm-hmm. It's the fact that she she's—it's the fact that she is pretty much living out the, her fears that Snow White was, like, telling her, oh, everything's fine. It, it, it was her physically showing, like, I did good. I've done all the good, and in, in, in the universe hasn't seen fit to do good to me. And it's just her acceptance of that. Do you know what I mean? That's what – it was just, like, oh, the heaviness of that. It and was so – had-
2: Beautiful. Oh. And it, I'm sorry, sweetie, I was just going to say, I thought it was beautiful, and it added to that whole scene that there wasn't a ton of dialogue. It was all very visual. You could see, you know, the emotion between Mata Paria and Sean McGuire just in the way they acted out that scene. I thought it was, even if you're not a huge, you know, outlaw queen shipper, because, I mean, I'm a big Regina fan. I don't really, you know, get into all the shipping but that scene was beautiful the way that it was acted out i thought it was fantastic and it was amazing because like ashley said regina was in a position before where she could force people to stay and she didn't she she let him go because she knew that in her heart that was the best thing for, you know, that family, for Marion, for their little boy, Roland. And
1: I was just like,
0: oh,
2: crushed.
1: Yeah, it was, oh, I can't, okay, so on that note, let's do some perhaps guesswork um, predictions. What do we think is going to happen for these two down the road? And mind you, mind you, that TV Line put out a blind item, and I don't know how many of you who are listening. Sorry. A TV li- I know. A TV Line put out a blind item that said that a show that they cover scrupulously is planning on getting its leading lady character pregnant in the first half of the new year, in the beginning of the new year. And that this character it will be kind of a challenge for them because their relationship with the father is not exactly on solid ground and that the show has more than two seasons, but less than six seasons. Now it's a blind item, which means they did not say who it was. There are any number of shows that this could apply to revenge scandal, for example, either one of those two, So it's not like it immediately could be once upon a time. There are a number of things that they said, particularly with the leading lady comment, that would make me think it's not once upon a time because as popular as Regina is, she is not the leading lady of the show. It's Emma. So having said that, though, do we think that there could be any kind of consequence for Regina and Robin's romp in the vault? Amy, go.
2: Well, I first off, I want to say I definitely don't think we've seen the last of Robin because, I mean, I I don't think that that's the total end of it. I, I saw a flash of him in the promo for the upcoming, so he's I feel like he's going to somehow, some way, something's going to happen, and in the end, I feel like Regina will get her happy and because he'll be back. But I don't know if I feel like Regina's going to be the pregnant character. I mean, I wouldn't. It would be an interesting. I don't know. Hmm. There was there was some definite uh, smooshy sleeping going on in that ball. So I I don't know if I think it's going to be Regina though. I think if Lana, you know, she's married and if she decides to start a family and they want to write it into the show, then you know that's all fine and dandy. But I don't know. I don't know how a baby would really fit in right now with all this uh, shenanigans.
1: I don't think that it would either, and I do not think necessarily that it is going to be, um, you know, Regina. Uh, I don't really think it's going to fit in the story. I don't think it's anybody on Once Upon a Time, to be honest. I think that it's going to be another show, but that's just my thought. Ashley, Go.
3: Well, I've obviously sort of already voiced my opinion with my Marge Simpson grumble of disapproval. Whether or not it's a possibility, the fact of the matter is I really don't want it to be. I do not want the blind item to be referring to once upon a time. I feel like we've already had babies on the show from last season. I feel like more babies would be a bit much, and I agree with... Uh, what you guys are saying, that I'm not sure how it would fit, especially since we have not one, not two, but three, three plus, if you want to count uh, Rumpelstiltskin himself, threats that are going to be encroaching on the town very soon. I just feel, it. I don't know, it just wouldn't, I don't think it would work well if they do. I'd be very skeptical, so I'm really hoping that it doesn't. The blind Adam is not referring
1: to it once. I don't think that it is. I don't want it to be, but I, I don't think that it is. Um, just because I I can't see, I I just can't see that happening for any of the characters on the show. And like we we kind of just did the whole, you know, evil sorceress is threatening baby story in you know yeah. zelena and I I don't necessarily think that we need to go down that road again. There's plenty there is plenty of drama going on between Regina and Robin Hood and Marion without there being a baby involved. Um yeah. stuff that could grow organically from the story. It it just doesn't need to be there. I mean there's enough drama between Regina and Robin Hood as it is. If they really were to get into the issue of you know, the fact that Robin Hood is such a selfless man and Regina is such a selfish woman who has done horrible things, even though Robin Hood, you know, is so far he hasn't done anything like that. Um, you know, I, I mean, that alone, there's enough drama packed into the just their characters of who they are that they there doesn't need to be a baby. There already is a baby for crying out. Roland is there. He's not a baby, but he's still a kid. Like, there's there's already enough going on there. Like that, that drama has it has enough. There's enough drama going on there. They're, they don't need to add a baby to that. That's just my opinion. Um, I just don't think that it's gonna work. So, yeah, I'm interested to see where it's going to go though. And I'm really glad too that we also mentioned that that scene in the car between Regina and Rumple because, and I correct me if I'm wrong here, but. Uh, if they've had any scenes before now, it's been maybe a hand, less than a handful of scenes together so far this mm-hmm. season. We have not seen those two characters on, at the same time, interacting with each other very much at all. And so seeing them together in the car and Rumple is grasping her hand and telling her that he is about to take his happy ending but that he genuinely wants the same thing for her, it was such a, like... It was such a caring thing. And you know what? It honestly made me think of, and it's something that I've always kind of considered, but I've never actually vocalized. Um, Rumpel has always been a sort of evil father figure to Regina. And yeah. you know what I mean? And so when he was grasping and saying, I really want the same thing to you, it, almo- it was almost like a father telling his daughter that he wanted her to have a happy ending. That was just the feeling that I got from it. I generally kind of get that sense between the two of them, even though they're, you know, they were teacher and student, um, you know, all that stuff. You know, I get it. But um, yeah, there's, there's just, oh, I, that was such a great scene. Like when he was grabbing her hand, I actually said, like, I went out loud. I said, oh. Like, that's so nice. What about you guys?
2: I loved it. I I think the interaction between Robert Carlisle and Lana Priya, even though we don't get a ton of it, is some of the best moments throughout the entire series. And they have such a great relationship between Rumpel and Regina. It's, you know, they've... They've been kind of friends. They've hated each other. They've been flat out enemies to getting along. And now they're both, you know, they have Henry in common. So they've come such a long way. And I thought the moment in the car was just, it was subtle and it was fantastic to see them. That was probably one of my favorite moments for the two of them together since. The second episode of the show, I mean, where they had that interaction while he was underground in, in the jail, I thought it
3: was really just phenomenal. Ashley, I'd like to see. I would I'd like to see more of them together, and I hope we get that in four B. Um, especially, I liked their discussion of who they were, what they were representing in, in regards to. Um earning or taking their happy ending where Rumpel's sitting there. He's like, well, you know, you totally both love Marion, solve all your problems. And Regina just flat out was like, that's not me anymore. And then she goes back and makes her remarks. She's like, this is the old getting talking. And he talks about how, you know, being dead and then like having his brain pulled out by the, when of the West, it, it kind of changes a guy. Um, so I just thought it was very interesting that they, without directly discussing it, they did highlight the differences, changes, and growth in their characters together. Because they, they are, I think everybody on the show is an example of people with the same purpose um, going along different paths to reach the same goal. And it's really showcased in that scene in the car with Rumple and Regina just, with him flat out saying, like, no, you take it and you get your happy ending. And then look what happens to him at the, by the end of the episode. So it's just that, I always thought that that was a bit of an interesting dynamic.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Definitely. The two of them are great.
1: Yeah. I want more scenes of the two of them like that, because most of the time they're sniping at each other, she is confronting him about something and he's just calmly standing there kind of putting her in her place, you know, that sort of thing. And this was a moment where I felt like they were on equal footing, especially because with the episode being called Heroes and Villains, they were so the opposite of each other at that point. Like, Regina was really not the evil queen anymore. Kind of like last, you know, in the sh- uh, Shattered Sight, when she was wearing the dress, and she's like, what the hell am I wearing? Like, okay. it's thing is she's not the evil queen anymore but rumple is absolutely still the twisted little imp that he's always been so you know there was such a great juxtaposition of the two of them and like you said um you know showing the growth of her character and the you know uh what's the word i'm looking for like his character his character he's almost like stalled like yeah it's i mean it's like you know like regina is shifting gears and becoming more of a hero and and you know and with the whole oh my gosh i'm having a brainwave like with her whole thing of you know she's not the evil queen anymore and now we've got maleficent and ursula and corella coming and she's going to have to you know to kind of decide what side she's going to be on the fact that rumple is bringing them to town I feel like the lines have already been drawn. Like, Regina is going to end up falling on the side of the heroes now. And Rumpel will still have his feet firmly planted in with the villains, even if it's for a good cause. And we'll get to that, you know, actually right now, um, because Rumpel nearly succeeded with the hat. Very, very close. And, you know, part of me wonders... You know, if he had really succeeded in that, like, what would have happened? Like, you know, when he tried to leave town, like, you know, what was going to Okay, you're trying to leave town with your magic intact. Well, you're going into a land without magic, dude. Like, y- it's not going to be the way that you think that it is. Like, you, like, you've already gone to Manhattan once. You know, like, I don't know what he was expecting. Like, what was he expecting to happen? Like he was just going to be able to walk out and like go strolling down the street, like just you know finding his way to Boston or you know New York or to Rose Bell, and he was just going to be able to poof them like whatever. Like, is he? I mean, and I know, I know that there's w- magic in our world because we had that character the dragon in season two. Okay, I know, but it, it seems like I, I, that it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like Rumple, what what were you thinking? Um, anyways, we'll talk about that more in, on the next point. But as far as him and the hat goes, um, when the hat, like, when the stars align and the hat kind of released its magical energy, I don't oh. know about the two of you, but I was just like, oh, my, that's one of my favorite visual effects on this show ever. It was gorgeous. It was
3: gorgeous.
1: <laughs> I guess it was gorgeous.
3: No, it was what? really. It was Beautiful to look at, and it almost made you forget the immediate danger because you basically have the heavens hanging over the dark one's head. It just, it looked like money. It looked fantastic. Yep. It was beautiful. Like,
2: even Hook, he had almost, the look on his face, it's almost like he kind of forgot for a second he was about to die because he was, like, mesmerized by this beautiful Oh, props to you know the the CG department or whoever put that together because it was gorgeous. Definitely one of the top effects I think of the series.
1: This is actually a really good opportunity for us to reference what we were talking about last week with the article that um, that uh, Andrew Orloff put out in that magazine talking about the visual effects. We mentioned that you know they have to plan the visual effects out from the very beginning. You know, like the writing process, where they're going to put the camera, the lights, and everything. This is a prime example of that. When they were deciding where to put the camera, they had to angle it in such a way that you could see those stars, and they had to figure out exactly how much of it you were going to see and what it was going to look like. You know, when it actually kind of, when the hat kind of let itself loose a little bit. Um, and what's so interesting to me to think about, too, let's just consider this for a moment. When that hat let all those stars out, all those stars that were up in the ceiling, were they all the occupants? Were like were some of those stars the fairies? Was one of them the, I the apprentice? So. I think so. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. So isn't it funny to talk about, like, the stars aligning when it was really, like, you're talking about people you jerk. Like mm. you're talking about people. Some of whom you put in there, you jackass. So yeah, like <laughs> just, I'm sorry, but Rumple was a royal jackass this this half of the season. He was. He was. He was. Oh, but he got yeah. he got his though, let's be mm. Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah. Perfect seg. Perfect seg. Okay. So speaking of that whole hat thing, of, of course, course he nearly succeeded in crushing Hook's Tart, but then he couldn't and at first he was surprised at why and was questioning why, and so was I perfectly mm. and then came the reveal of all reveals when Bell piped up behind him and said, "Because I commanded it, oh
0: da,
1: da, da. Oh, 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 I clutched the pearls I clutched the pearl the non-existent pearls around my neck I did I, I shouted. Okay. I shouted, too. Oh, I shouted, too. Not a word that – it was not a PG word, I can tell you that. It was R. But, yeah, I shouted. Yeah. I, I even I tweeted. Completed. I was yeah. say, we I,
3: all live tweet on our different time zones. So if anybody was looking at any of our live tweets, it was all capital letter, like, yes. square
2: words. <laughs> I think mine was – All capitals, oh, my God, you are in so much bleep now.
3: And I know Ashley's was similar. No, mine was all capitals, holy beep and (laughs) gas. It was so funny. And 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 that's actually what I (laughs) shouted. I'm pretty sure my neighbors think I'm insane because that's actually what I shouted loud because I don't know about you guys, I wasn't expecting her to be there. I, my notes for my review, I wrote all in caps letters. Just the one part. Suddenly, Bell. <laughs> I
0: was like,
3: oh.
1: No, I was not expecting it at all. Not at all. And when and that, but honestly though, when I saw that, I was like, oh boy. Kind of like what Amy said. He's in some serious crap now. Like you're in for it now, buddy. Like, everything that you've got coming to you is about to come to you. And then she said, release them. And you did. And she was like, drop the heart, okay? And then she said, and now you <laughs> can take us to the town line because we need to be alone for what comes next. Oh, oh, my friend. I love Yeah. Yeah. That- okay. Belle's rose-colored glasses are off. And so are the gloves, because she is pissed. She is pissed off. Like, you could tell on her face, like, she was pissed. She was furious. And, you know, when he poofed under the town line, and then she started walking, and he's, like, backing away from her, and she just keeps coming at him with the dagger, I was like, "Oh, oh, like, <laughs> the, like, the last petal has fallen from the rose. It's done. Like, she is about to light his butt up. I don't, I, oh, I don't even know. It was
3: the best part of the oh episode God. for me, honestly.
1: It was the best part of the episode for me, too. It
3: was just because it was, it was something that we had been hoping would happen all season. Like, we've talked about this for so long, like, what's going to happen when she finds out? What needs to happen when she finds out? And I, I, when I say I was satisfied with this episode, that's why, because, she, but she didn't back down
1: done. this
2: time,
3: right?
1: Exactly. Like she, she was the bell from Skin Deep again.
2: Yes. yes, that's what I loved. She was strong. She wasn't having it. Like in Skin Deep, and even in the flashbacks we get of her, you know, she's right there. You know, able to stand up. And if he says something smart or makes a threat, she's like, look. You're not gonna do that. You know, she calls him on his crap in all the flashbacks. And finally we got back to Belle that the way she used to be. And I've never identified with Belle so much as I did in this episode. Her dialogue, her finally taking a stand. It was I I loved it.
3: Well, that brings up an interesting point. I mean, when you said like she's the Belle she used to be, she kind of ex- even explains that when she's having her speech backing onto the town line. She's like, you know, everything. I I I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines along the line. So you know, I've ignored this for too long. Everything that I was I thought is actually having like she. So I feel like she kind of she. I mean, obviously, the reflection in the mirror. Was a, a strong voice in her head, and she kind of ignored it, and she kind of was very kept it kept everything on the DL. I think for the sake of her and rumple's relationship. But one of my favorite lines, like it really struck me, where she was, and I, you guys gotta help me out because I know I'm gonna butcher it, but when she was talking about how she kind of put herself. Aside to make him better, like what was the exact line? I lost my way that. trying to help yeah. you find yours. Yes,
1: yeah, yes, no, she that said, I line.
3: Trying to
1: help you find yourself, but not anymore.
3: That was she, an amazing line. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely, absolutely. And you know the other thing that she said too. She said when she said, "Once I saw the man behind the beast, but now <laughs> there's just." oh, 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 yeah. like, Squish. I was like, oh, you're, you're, I was, at that. you know what's so funny is at that moment, I immediately thought of the movie and, it, like, the line from the very beginning the narration played in my head, he would be doomed to be a beast for all time. For every like, time,
2: yeah. For who could ever that, love a beast.
1: That was, that was exactly what I thought of at first, was that, and you know, like, the, and then when she said, you know, when she was crying, and he said, I don't want to lose you, and she said, You already have, and it's too late. and Oh man, man. Late. And then when she, and then she holds up the dagger, and she says, <laughs> Rumplestiltskin, I command you to leave Storybrooke. And he says, I won't, but I won't be able to come back. And she says, I know. And she's crying. And then he says, Belle, I'm afraid. When he said that, mm. I was, of course you're afraid. You're a coward. Mm-hmm. You're, like, of course, like, you've always been a coward without your magic. Of course you're afraid.
2: And that's, like, the most honest thing he's said in weeks of
3: episodes. It,
1: yeah. It, yeah, it was. It was, like, real, you know, total honesty for him. And not only that, but then when he stepped across the line and he took a step, and his leg went out from underneath him.
2: Yeah, and she couldn't look at him. Did you notice she turned around? Yeah,
1: she didn't look
3: she at, at him. She yeah, she not? wasn't looking at him at all. Yep. Ah, uh, oh, that entire set. I, 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 bleh, I can't even articulate, but that entire scene was the scene in the in the episode for me. And I just remember like sitting at the edge of my couch, like, oh no, oh oh, and then I, the fact that I mean. I love that she went through with it. Like she really stuck to her guns or her dagger and banished him. And yeah. Just, I want to see what's going to, I mean, because obviously Rumple is going to make his way back. I want to see what's going to happen with those two after this. After Me too. Episode. Like, is he going to be pissed at her? Is he going
2: to just give her tood? Or is he going to still be like, madly in love trying to win her back. I am I would love to see what's going to happen with that.
1: Well, as Rose Mason is pointing out in the chat room and it's something that I noticed as well, he never once said, Belle, I love you.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I think he, he loved the it. idea of her. I mean, he loved power, but I think he also loved the idea of Bell and his wife more than he um, loved the woman, I think. Hmm.
0: I don't know
1: about yeah, I don't that. Think. I think he does genuinely love her, but I don't know. He's
2: an addict. I just think he's, he's an, an addict, addict, you know? And he's a coward. And having I mean, that I've, power makes him not have to be afraid.
1: Yeah, I've always considered that, you know, magic, as far as this goes, to be almost like a metaphor for drug abuse, especially mm-hmm. for him. Like, I think that he loves her. I do. I think he truly loves her. Not just the idea of her, but who she is and what she brings to his life. But I also think that, you know, just like an addict, um, he – he. this is so tragic. It's like breaking gold. Um, (laughs) It's breaking gold. Seriously, it it is. Like, they could have just made – yeah. Yeah. and that was actually something I was going to say too this scene was worth its weight in gold pun intended um, it was it was just so uh, so tragic and i like i understood where bell was coming from i did he's been a royal jackass the entire season and there is no denying that because i don't give two shakes Of a unicorn's tail. If he was using that dagger or the hat, rather, to separate himself from the dagger, the fact of the matter is, is that that rat bastard was going to leave Storybrooke to its knees and let them all destroy each other. Even though he knew what was going to happen, I'm sorry, you're Mm. a jack dude. Like you're leaving, you are leaving the savior to be destroyed by by her crazy family. You're an ass. You're an ass, you're an ass,
2: you're an ass. That's not what I thought was going to happen either. I was convinced up until that whole Snow Queen thing played out that Rumple was kind of playing it. And then in the end, we were going to find out that he wasn't actually being an ass, but he had something up his sleeve and he was going to come in and they were he was going to be part of saving the day. But alas, that is not what happened. So I was a little bit
3: Shocked by that, I was. I, I going back to him being an addict. In fact, I was shocked this season by his complete disregard for anybody who wasn't in. I mean, even who wasn't in his direct like line of sight and his direct goals. I mean, even this episode, you know, if he kind of gives up on bringing Henry over. I think he realizes that it's just too difficult for him to try to you know. Secret away his grandson. Now that everyone's not dead, um, so it's just him. It's just the Rumble and Bell show, and mm. I think that's interesting that he just like completely kind of drops that idea when it isn't convenient to him.
1: Yeah, I um, you know, and on the on the other hand, having said that, because he was being a complete ass, he was. I can also say mm-hmm. that. I did feel a degree of pity for him because I know he kind of had, I mean, he was, see, this is why the show is so layered and so good. And this is why I freaking love it so much because he, I want to say that he had his heart in the right place because he was trying to get rid of the dagger and, and, it's control over his life. And that is completely admirable. That, particular facet of his journey was completely admirable. However, it is overpowered and overshadowed by the fact that he was going to let everybody kill each other and destroy each other and just rescue him and Belle and Henry. Like, honest, like, I, I, I'm i sorry, just, it's, it's such a tangled, oh, what a tangled web they've woven. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I, I, he he did have his heart in the right place as far as wanting to break free of the control of the dagger. I get it. You don't want it to have control over you anymore, especially after Zelina. Who would? I completely understand that. But, dude, there had to have been another way. Like, honestly, like, if he had gone, like, imagine this, right? Imagine if he had gone to Bell and said, there is a way for me to get rid of the dagger and having it have control over me. But in order to do it, There's this hat, and I need to collect magical figures. What do we do? Mm.
2: And I have to crush a heart. That was the other. I keep forgetting that that was part of uh...
1: the... What do we do? What would she have said? What would she have told him? He didn't even give her the freaking chance. Like, that that, that would have happened. Because imagine, right? Imagine if Belle had actually sided with him Mm. and said, you know... Maybe we should do this. I mean, she had, there's no love lost between her and Hook, as far as I know. So even though she is not somebody who, I mean, but at the same time, you know what? Belle just wouldn't kill anybody, so I don't think that she would. I just don't think so. Like, But then that brings up a whole other topic of why the hell True Love's kiss hasn't got, like, oh, I, I'm sorry. I, okay. I need to back away from that topic now because I need to back away, back away, back away. Um, <laughs> I am to see what's seriously i i am interested to see what's going to happen with these two because if he thinks that bringing three villains into town to try and rewrite his own happy ending is going to win her back he is out of his infant mind i can tell you that much she's not going to (laughs) want to get with him if he's bringing a bunch of evil witches around are you kidding me dude like does he still love her does he want her back is he going to be all angry with her? Is he going to be apologetic? Is he going to fall down on his knees and beg her for another chance and and explain the whole thing to her? Or is he going to just stay partnered up with these three witches he's got coming into town? And is he going to tear Storybrooke apart? Are they just going to wreak havoc? Is it going to be complete chaos? In any event, know, but... No, but he is bringing three villains to town and somehow thinks he's going to get a happy ending. He is a freaking idiot. I'm sorry. He is being oh. so stupid right now. Like, I love you, Rumpelstiltskin. And Robert Carlyle, you know I love you, sir. If you ever listen to the show, you know that I love you, and you've created such an amazing character that you get me this heated about something that's fictional. But at the same time, like, he's just, oh. Somebody else take over. I can't even do it. Can we move to the next I topic, just... please? Let's <laughs> stop it. Yeah. Let, 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 let's let's it. Yeah.
3: Let's go. <laughs> Emma
1: and... Buddies. I like that
3: scene.
1: Thought it was it hilarious. But she said, "I don't need a hero speech right now." And Regina and Emma was like, "No, you don't. You need a drink, or you need shots." Shots.
2: <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was so good. The whole like ending from there to the ending with them. I, I like when Emma and Regina are friends. I think that. I mean, Zach, you've mentioned it before, two sides of the same coin, you know. I think that they have a good friendship, and they're both co-parenting Henry. And I love that he ran in and said, Mom, Mom, you know, talking to both of them. So I thought it was fantastic. We kind of needed that little light moment right there after having the heart squished two times in the previous 40 minutes. (laughs)
3: I always think that I, I'm I'm not a hundred percent on board with them being like BFFs five ever, but uh-huh. I do like when they kind of ha- more of an alliance if anything like when they have <laughs> when they have common goals and they kind of set aside all the pettiness and the poison to do something like, you know, plan, uh, like when they were playing to flush out the evil queen together, I that was a lot of fun, and I felt that same kind of alliance in with this uh, this little drinking buddy scene, where it was like, you know, you don't have to like me, but I know that you need alcohol right now, so you know, we're going to do some shots, no, shut up, Yeah, I, I, I enjoy that.
2: I like that Emma was, you have me confused with my mother.
1: Oh, yeah, I love that. I loved it. Mm. Um, Yeah, I thought it was so good. Um, I I really, yeah, that was, yeah, I could say a lot about that scene, but basically it was good. Um, I wonder if they were drinking rum or tequila because tequila is my um, shot of choice, and I like to think Mm. that it's Emma's two. But knowing her, she probably went for rum because she's, dating a dirty pirate so a dirty pirate
0: uh,
1: <laughs> yeah hey he bangs quite frequently guys come on
0: <laughs> so he. claims.
1: no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding don't send me hey Captain waters it's me, i'm just kidding so um yeah which leads me to our next topic of henry running into their little meeting and bringing them back to the lakeside manor and showing them the secret library full of empty storybooks that was a creepy to me. <laughs>
3: Two ends of the spectrum. I that room. I don't know why I found it so unsettling, but just the idea of these rows and rows and shelves and shelves of identical blank, uh, titleless storybooks. I I just I don't know why that creeped me out, but it, I kind of I thought like oh oh I don't know if I like this. It's just weird to think that maybe because of this, because of all these storybooks, like who knows how many are already been made. Is there a whole nother adventure? Like, is there a storybook for Wonderland? Is there a whole nother adventure going on that we don't even know about that are also being controlled by these books? I mean, how do the books work? Like, oh. That's what I was
2: hoping. I was hoping that, first off, I want one of those books and I'm going to have to get a replica, of The one am wanting one for four seasons now, but I was hoping that that's the way it works, that he's the sorcerer is almost like once's version of the great power of the universe, you know, and he's writing the stories for everyone everywhere, and that's why it's all interconnected. Like, I love the idea that he's got a book for... Wonderland, there's a book for the Enchanted Forest, there's something for our world. You know, I love the idea that he's like the grand poopah writer, master
3: of all of these stories. I wonder why he does it then. But why he writes the
1: stories. He's like a master of the universe. <laughs> By the power of great <laughs> E <He's>
2: E-Man. <laughs> There you have it, people. The author is He Man.
1: We've solved the mystery. <laughs>
3: mystery
1: solved. And the, and, the, and the evil guy and the and his and his nemesis, of course, is Skeletor. And Skeletor. they'll be coming. And they'll be coming. You know, once upon a grace fall near you. No, I'm just. Kidding. That's true.
2: <laughs> Cringer oh, the God. Wonder Cat. Oh my gosh. Oh,
1: you have yeah, now but yeah i honestly i i don't know why it came out so much either ash because i i loved it i thought it was great and when you just said i wonder if there's a book for wonderland i wonder if like is there a book for neverland is there a book for the land mm-hmm. without color Where Einstein is from. Is there a book for oz is there is there a book for our world wouldn't that be interesting um yeah i would. I, I think it's i i wasn't creeped up by I, I was more intrigued by by like, what are those books for? What is he planning on using them for? Um, who the hell is this person? Like, um, yeah, just so many, so many things. Um, I, I just, I loved it. I thought it was so great. Oh, hello to Samantha Lee. I see you in the chat room. Hello, darling. Hello, darling. Uh, Yeah, but I just, I thought it was so good, and I'm so intrigued. And what I love the most is that Emma is now in on Operation Mongoose. Like, they're all going to try and figure this out together. This makes me happy.
2: Yes. I like, I don't know how it's going to go. I think it's going to be bumpy, because along the way, I, I can see where Emma and Regina might clash as far as their methods you know, Regina wanting to lean more towards the direct, let's just start yanking some parts, perhaps. <laughs> Emma being mm. like, no, no, no. I don't know, but I do like that she's on board. I like that they're going to try and work this out and and figure out, they're going to try and find He-Man together.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking about the book, though, too, because you know how they were saying earlier on that the book kind of just appears when it's needed? Like, does mm-hmm. this... Yeah. Does this author, how does he know what's needed? How does he know when it's needed? And uh, going all the way back to season one, we saw August um, edit the book. Why? I mean, what was left out, or how did he decide?
1: I am praying for a scene, a flashback, where we see... August meeting with the author and, like, getting permission from him to change the book, like, to getting add it pages? in there, like... Yes, that it was all planned, part of, part of it. Because I'm convinced that Blue Fairy knows about the author. I'm convinced. I, I, I think so, it, so, too. I, I think that she was in on it because, and here's why, in the season three, what was that? I think it was the finale when they were flashing back to, you know, Snow and Charming, preparing the work for Emma going through it. And Snow asked the Blue Fairy, how is this going to work? And Blue Fairy says, we have to have faith that our story will reveal itself to her in time. And Snow White said, our story, what does that mean? And the Blue Fairy said, I don't know yet. Oh, yeah, she totally knows something. To me, that means that she... She knows. It's like she wasn't entirely sure what that meant, but the only reason why she could say that is because somebody had informed her that that would be the case. That their story would present itself in time, and the uh-huh. reason why she knows that is because she talked to the author beforehand. She knows. Yes. She Knows, and I'm put. I'm leaving it at that because we have eight minutes left. So uh-huh. that I mean, that's. But um, so now that we've that we've said that. The villains.
0: Da, da, da. The
1: villains. Yes. Okay, first of all, the flashback with the gauntlet and the fact that, honestly, I thought that because the puppy had shown up when, like, before they kidnapped um, Belle, I thought that uh-huh. it was only G- Cruella. And when Maleficent popped out first, I popped off. And then when... It showed, you know, Corella and Ursula. They were all there together. There, like we weren't, we didn't have to wait. We weren't getting a tease. They were all right there in front of our faces, together on the screen. They have arrived with Rumple Silskin there. I was mm. like, it was. I mean, it was like Disney fandom dream come true, really. Because... It was Christmas it was Christmas early. I was just like, "Oh, thank yeah. you for giving this now instead of March." Because if I, if it had been something where like in the last five seconds, like the hook on the end of the episode was seeing the villains, I would have been like, "What?" But the fact that they were there the entire episode and that we got to see them interact, and the fact that they trade insults with Rumpel on the level that they did, especially Cruella, Cruella, made me so...
2: yeah,
1: she has. She some got of the, the best one. But uh, like when she said, you know, shall I get a step stool so that you can, you know, look at me in the face when you insult me or whatever it was, and then when he was like, Carola, I thought I smelled desperation in gin. Like, <laughs> I want so their rude. backstory.
3: I want to know how Rumple and Carola met up or have uh, how their paths crossed. I Kirola to me is the most intriguing character because uh, in a recent uh, article, Adam and Eddie said she's the one that they're going to take in a, in a unique direction.
1: Well, I think what that yeah. has to do with is that in not only the book, but also the movie, 101 Dalmatians, she's obviously not magical. She's from like 1920s London. Mm-hmm. So the fact, I think what they're doing with her, and they even said that, you know, yeah, she is. they basically said she's going to have magic. She's magical. And right. they specifically said that it has to do with what she wears on her back.
3: That coat on
1: so, huh? mm-hmm. this I'm telling you. Tellin you. So it has to do with the coat. It has to do and that is gonna then play of course into werewolves. And I just want to point out really quickly too, for anybody who has forgotten, that Red's mother's name is Anita. Oh,
3: dude, I didn't even think about
2: that. Yes, it is.
3: Oh, oh. Wow. Is she a a were-dolmation, do you think? Because I
1: totally think she is the puppy. I think think that the idea that our staff member, Maury Lazaro, had is actually correct. I think that Cruella hunts down werewolves and skins them for their pelts, and it gives her some kind of magical ability, and that's where her coat came from. Yes, because oh, that coat she was
2: wearing was obviously not dog fur. And I think, I, did you guys think, because I've seen people debating it, I assumed that that puppy was Cruella, that she had stage shifted. Okay. Because yeah. then we, uh, have, uh, we uh, had the uh, raven uh, flying uh, around. Uh, yeah, we had the raven that was flying around. That was obviously from Maleficent. And then we had the puppy, which I assumed Cruella. And then the, I loved that the sand dollars. Dropped, which was Ursula, and had this, you know, the Star Wars hologram pro- projection on it. But I think, I think that that's absolutely right. I think that it's the coat, if that's what's giving her powers. And then Rumpel mm-hmm. even said something about the students trying to surpass the master. So somehow, I think yeah. he's, you know, throwing in there. I,
1: think I think want to it's point not, out have, all of their like he may have taught all of them. Mm hmm.
3: I could see that. I want to point out in an article, in, in I don't know if it was the same article with Adam and Eddie, but they mentioned that with Cruella's, maybe not concurrent to Cruella's story, but it was the same article I had read. It was a TV Line article. Uh, they talked about how they, we will be seeing some old faces as well. So going back to the werewolves, I'm wondering and hoping maybe we're going to get Ruby back. Oh, I hope so, too. But
1: Please, fairy tale once upon a time gods, aka Adam and Eddie, please let that happen.
3: That would just be fantastic. fantastic.
1: I love Red so much. I love Ruby so much. I love Megan Ori so much. Can we please make that happen? Um, we only have three minutes left, so. I'm hmm.
0: like to hear you. <laughs> so,
1: There's so much to discuss. Um, just as a reminder to everybody, because, I mean, we did have a very serious discussion here, and there's so much more that we could talk about. Um, just want to remind everybody that next week we're on a break from the podcast. We're also on a break the week after. We are returning on January 6th for our – or no, wait, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, is it the 6th or is it the 13th? It's the 13th, right? Yeah, 13th. Um, we're returning on January 13th to watch – I know, 90 seconds – to watch the first two episodes of Gallivant, which premieres on January 4th on ABC. Um, So we're going to watch the first two episodes, so we will not be back until January 13th. Then our next one after that is January 27th, then two weeks after that, and then another two weeks after that, February before we get back to our March 3rd broadcast, which will be for the return of Once Upon a Time on March 1st. So thank you all very much for joining us. and uh, We really appreciate everybody, you know, sticking with us and listening to the episode discussions every week. And, um, yeah, like coming on this journey with us. We enjoy it. Thank you again. A huge thank you to Lee Ehrenberg for joining us this evening and also to Lori Mahoney, uh, my wedding crasher gal pal, who I absolutely love and adore. Mwah, kiss you. Love you, babe um yeah that's pretty much it and also if any of you have ever missed any of our podcasts we have all 50 of them archived on the website so if you go to blogtalkradio.com slash once upon a fans every podcast we've ever done from the very beginning a year ago is there so if you're ever interested in hearing everything that we thought about for season three um you know you can definitely go catch up that's pretty much it for our uh our broadcast for tonight everybody um Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. See you guys on January 13th. Bye.
2: (laughs) Bye. Happy holidays.
1: Bye.